The Money Podcast by best-selling author of Money, Rob Moore, dives into how to make, manage, and master money. How to know more, make more, and give more. How to save, invest, and raise money. The Money Podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money in a job, profession, or passion. For money masters and money disasters. They say money doesn't make you happy. Rob says it does. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I am running a private once a month, six month business coaching program right now. Uh, now, I believe there are six main elements to a business. I mean, look, there are hundreds of elements to a business, um, but I've broken them down into six main elements, into six S's. So S1, which we're going to cover uh, in this module, is the startup phase. S2 are the sales or selling phase. Don't forget the selling part. S3 will be covering is staffing and systems. Um, the fourth element is survival. So when you go through culture shocks, changes, disruptions, which all businesses do, um, if you want to be going and growing long enough. Month five is scaling uh, uh, or S5. And then uh, month six or S6 is sustainability. Now, I'm not saying you can cover all six stages of these S's in a business in six months, um, but I'm doing these modules once a month for the six-month business coaching program. Um, and I actually gave this course away free with uh, buying Start Now, Get Perfect Later um, on audiobook, I believe. Uh, and this will be a course that I'll be selling in the future. All right, then. So here we go with your business. Uh, I think there are three main types of business. Uh, I believe you can have a part-time or side hustle, as the Americans call it, you know, a business on the side where you do your main business or you have a career and maybe you're a bit of a property investor on the side or you sell a bit of stuff on some e-commerce websites on the side. Uh, then there's a lifestyle business, uh, and that is where you want to systemize, uh, you want to outsource, you want to leverage, you know, you don't want to be working 60 hours a week. Uh, you want to maybe be working 10 or 15 hours a week or less. You want a remote business. You want a laptop business. You know, you want to be able to have your other passions, professions, vocations and vacations. You want them to have the main time. So you set up a business to serve those needs. Now, that has upsides and downsides. Upsides is you'll probably systemize it better. Um, you probably won't get really, really, really busy, but it probably be a bit slower than building an empire. Uh, and, uh, you know, once you get to a certain size in business, you do need staff. Uh, and you do, do need bigger systems. The third type of business is an empire. Um, and an empire is for those of you that want to go global. You want to take over the world. You want to grow a big machine. You don't mind working a lot. You love business. It's the thing that you love to do. Um, and even if you had a lifestyle business where you could retire, you'd end up doing business uh, in your retirement. Uh, and certainly for me, business is about building empires. And not I don't want to have world global domination and you know, be the biggest company or entrepreneur in the whole world anymore. It's not about that anymore. But I certainly do want to build things that last, that matter, um, that, that outlive me and uh, maybe even outlive my children. Um, so I'm very clear. I want to build an empire. I've retired so many times. Like my dad, um, he's, he's given up smoking so many times that he's one of the best in the world at giving up smoking because he's had so much practice. Well, I'm the same with retirement. I retired when first of all, when I was 27, 28, then 30, then 31, then 33, then 35. Honestly, I retired so many times and I hated it. Um, and I tried different ways of retiring each time and I just got bored or got disrupted or frustrated. Um, so, yeah. So which one are you? Do you want the sort of the side uh, business, part time business, the lifestyle business or the empire business? I think it's good to know um, before you start or know now before you scale up so that you can just 
make the decisions that suit that business and follow this six step S model based on what's right for you and your vision. Because, you know, long ago have I stopped telling people what they should do and I just tell people what they can do or what I've done and they can choose to do it or do it a different way. Uh, I don't think anyone should or must do anything um, as um, imposed by other people. I think you should just be clear on the right vision and the right course for you uh, and then create your strategy accordingly. Um, which means you can pretty much achieve what you want. And, you know, when people say it can't be done, you can't run a, a star, a big, big business without staff, or, um, you know, you, you can't run a business without working 60 hours a week or um, whatever. Um, when they say you can't, they usually mean they don't know how. So this module is the start up um, S or phase. So let me just remind you of the six phases uh, of, I believe, any business. Now, like I said, there are hundreds of phases and um, facets and elements of running a business. I'm trying to make them simple. Um, startup, sales, staffing and systems, survival, scaling, sustainability. And we're now going to focus solely on the startup phase. So if you're beyond the startup phase, maybe just watch and go check, check, check and see if there's anything you didn't do or you do differently that you could go back and fix. Um, and for those of you that haven't started, this will probably be the best module for you to get you going. Okay, so I believe that there are four elements to the startup phase, and I've uh, had them all begin with the letter V, and that is vision, values, velocity, and version one. I had to use the, the thesaurus for a couple of those to find synonyms for words, so they all spell, uh, started with V. Vision, values, velocity, and version one. Here we go. Let's cover them. So your vision is how do you matter and how do you make a difference? You know, what's your unique space and place? How do you make your dent? What do you do that um, means something to people that makes their lives easier, better, that solves their problems, that alleviates their pains? How do you matter and make a difference? You do matter. You do make a difference. We all do. But you need to be able to not just uh, understand it and believe it. You need to be able to articulate it, you know, in a mission statement, in a vision statement. Um, you know, when people ask you, what do you do? Don't just tell them, uh, you know, I uh, run a property training business. Rather say to them, I help people invest for freedom, choice and profit. And you know, when you ask some people what they do uh, and they don't really know and they waffle and they go round and round. Well, actually, that's the point at which you need to be very clear on how you matter and make a difference. It's not just knowing for yourself to go where you want to go. It's to be able to articulate it to the world so that the world understands it. And that's what selling and marketing is. It's taking your your vision and how you matter and make a difference and articulating that in a compelling, persuasive and short way. So the world goes, ah, I get that. That can help me. I'd pay for that. OK, uh, what's unique about your product? Now, in every niche, there is plenty of competition, some more than others. Insurance, a lot. Um, VR, not so much. Um, because it might be a mature or a young business model. But the reality is you have plenty of competitors. So why is someone going to go with you? Why should they go with you? What do you do differently? What's unique about you? Um, you know, not just you, but you. Also, your product that you've created. Um, what need does it meet? What big pain um, does it alleviate? The way that you offer it, not just the product you've got and the service you've got, but how you package it, the bonuses, the compelling nature of it, the scarcity elements so that they feel like they... Um, you know, they mustn't miss out to create this um, buzz and excitement. Like when they launch a new iPhone or, or launch a new model of Mercedes or Audi, there's that element of surprise and desire and anticipation. That's all the uniqueness of the product and service that you offer. 
What is that? Be clear on that. Uh, a way to be clear on that is to go and look at what all the other competitors do. Um, you know, do a bit of mystery shopping and spying. It's quite fun. Um, don't be guilty about it because uh, people will do it to you. People have done it to us a thousand times, so I don't worry that I'm doing it to others. It's all part of research. Sam Walton famously used to go in all the competitive stores all around the country looking at what they do and borrowing the best bits. Um, but whilst you should borrow the best bits that would work for your customer base and align with your vision and values. You should also do things differently and not always just follow the herd and, you know, try and be um, disruptive or innovative, not necessarily being the first, because that can be a problem because there's no uh, proven market if you are the first. Um, but for sure, you can transmute ideas in different industries. I mean, if you think about a lot of music, a lot of music is a hybrid of other styles. So hip hop was a hybrid style and Rage Against the Machine, you know, uh, where they sort of had a, a hip hoppy vibe to the lyrics, but then a very rocky, almost metal sound. So that was a hybrid. So whilst they were new and innovative, that, that music genre is ultimately a hybrid of different influences. And I think some of the best business models, they are a hybrid of different innovations. I mean, Apple is because they didn't design the, the, the finger touch technology. Um, they didn't design the, the, the mouse um, you know, they didn't design streaming for music, but, you know, iTunes and the way that their the interface works feels very innovative because they've taken something that was existing, but probably not used to its best capacity um, or in the right way. And they they transmuted it into a more user friendly interface. Um, and, and, you know, that's less risky than saying, hey, I'm going to be the world's first, you know, whatever, um, because that's risky. OK. Next then is what problem do you serve and how do you, uh, what problem do you solve and how do you serve? So business is a selfish, selfless balance whereby you meet your selfish needs of having to have profit and pay your mortgage and your overhead and your lifestyle and make money for yourself and feed your family and build a legacy. That's all selfishly motivated and important. Uh, and if you weren't selfishly motivated, you would um, self-negate, you would die, you would um, be evolved out of society. Um, so it's OK to be selfishly motivated, but you also have to be selflessly motivated and you have to take your selfish motives uh, of, you know, the, the, the problems and pains that you want to solve in your own life, i.e. profit, and then what you do with that profit and time and freedom or what you do with that. And you have to find a way of packaging that up to the world so that they perceive that they get equal value. And that is an environment called fair exchange where the price they pay, they perceive they get value and the price they pay, you are left with net profit. So if you balance the selfish and the selfless perfectly with fair exchange through price testing, um, which I'll probably cover in a later module, um, you know, and crowdsourcing what the world wants, but also creating a business model that you're interested in and that you like um, building and making things um, or solving the problems, then you have that ideal balance. You have sustainability, you have scalability, um, you know, you have that enthusiasm and charisma and energy that people buy from that you can transmute into the world that can become your sales pitch, which becomes very compelling, which people will queue up for. OK, it could be a passion profession merge. Uh, you know, people often say, oh, well, in business, you know, you should just go. You should do your passion. Well, if your passion isn't profitable, you shouldn't do your passion. That's called a hobby. And that's OK. Do your passion in a hobby. Uh, but at the same time, don't sell yourself out just for profit. So actually, you, you know, it's. The ideal balance is a passion profession merge where you could feel some passion enthusiasm for it, but you're creating something that the market also wants. It has a, a capital and commercial element as well as a passion uh, and um, your fun element for you. You've got to merge those two forces, I think, is the ideal scenario. Um, 
Okay, next then is, is it inspiring to others as well as exciting to you? Because you know, you hear some people in business, they're really excited about what they're doing. They go, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And you think actually what they've got is not exciting at all. It's dull and it's boring and, and there's no market for it. And that, that's a shame. So um, yeah, do you remember, I'm just drinking my water when I think it was um, Coca-Cola launched Tab Clear. Do you remember Virgin Cola? You know, they were flops. Um, so it's got to be inspiring to others as well as is inspiring to you. Again, that's a fair exchange environment, inspiring to you, inspiring to others. Um, I think that your vision should be relatively specific and clear, like um, the vision for one of my companies is invest for freedom and choice and profit. So Progressive Properties' vision is to help people invest for freedom, choice and profit. That's pretty specific. That's articulated in a clear and concise manner. Uh, my personal one is to help create global financial freedom. Um, so that's also very clear and specific and succinct. But they're, they're paradoxically also vague and they have room to grow. So if I said invest for freedom, choice and profit, that could mean anything. That could mean invest in yourself, invest in property, invest in your business, invest in your staff, investing in, in IP. Freedom and choice and profit are words that are very uh, specific to you. Freedom to you might not be freedom to me and someone else. Choice is a very individual subjective thing. So your vision should be specific, tick, but have room to grow and therefore be part organic, tick. So invest for freedom, choice and profit is both specific and vague um, and help create global financial freedom is both both specific and vague. I know that's a paradox and that could be confusing, but, you know, and I know it's easier to just say, hey, do the left thing and not the right thing. Do the one thing and not the other thing. But the reality of business is that you have to balance the paradoxes of the selfish and the selfless, um, the specific, but with the room to grow. Um, you know, other you know, you have to have vision, the clouds. But you have to also do operational tactics, the ground, the dirt, the granular and balancing these two paradoxes. The, the polarizing paradoxes will create a scalable and sustainable business. OK, so let me just sum up the um, first V of the four V's. How do you matter and make a difference? What's unique about your product, service and offer? What problem do you serve, do you solve and how do you serve? Um, how can you balance a passion and profession and merge them? inspiring to you and others make your vision specific but have room to grow so specific but part organic like invest for freedom choice and profit and help create global financial freedom okay so the second v then is values uh, so values are what's most important to you in your life and then they transmute down into your company which is what are your corporate and company values now your corporate and company company values should be um they should stem from they should branch out from your personal values. Um, and that should also include what you stand for, you know, what you believe in, what's most important to you, what makes you feel alive. And then also, paradoxically and conversely, what you stand against, what you don't believe in, what you want to fight against. Maybe you want to fight cancer. Maybe you want to fight poverty. Maybe you want to fight plastics. You know, well, what do you stand against? Um, and certainly in my helping create global financial freedom I stand against people not having access to information, like in much of the developed world. I stand against following uh, a traditional education method. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a doctor, a dentist, lawyer, follow the traditional education method. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, a creator, a producer, you have to rebel against the traditional education method that currently society sort of shoehorns you down a little bit. So there's some of the things I stand for and against. Okay. The next thing then is what's most important to your enterprise. You know, what are the values of your company? Now, my company, Progressive Property, has three values, progressive, innovative, and personal. 
very clear, very specific, but also room to go, grow, progressive, innovative, and personal. We're not trying to be safe and secure. We're not trying to be um, prepared. We're trying to be progressive, innovative, and personal. And also your anti-values, what you're not, balance your values, which I'll cover in a moment. Okay, so, uh, you know, when you're building your business and creating the values of your business, it's good to model the greats. Go on to some company websites that you really admire their vision. You like the way they do things. You'd want to be a bit more like them and look at their company mission and vision statement. Find out what their values are. But then you have to find yourself, too, uh, and you have to create your own. Um, so if you're inspired by Apple or you're inspired by Patek Philippe or you're inspired by whoever, um, I don't know, maybe Ferrari, um, or, you, you know, you're inspired by Microsoft, go and um, research their values and vision, but find yourself and don't copy anyone else. Model the traits of the greats, but own your own. Okay, like I said, progressive, innovative, and personal. Now, we used to be progressive, innovative, personal, prepared, but we were never prepared, and prepared is the opposite of innovative and progressive. Progressive and innovative almost shout disruption, you know, and constant change and pivoting. Whereas prepared almost shouts, well, we'll wait for ages until something is perfect and we'll plan and then we'll launch. And they were um, parado paradoxical. They were forces that were struggling against each other. We're not prepared. We, want, we wanted to be more prepared, but that's not actually who we are. So we dropped that brand value. Tried, don't, do not try to be something that you're not. Okay, then the third V is velocity. So velocity is the speed and the direction in which you get your business out and in which you drive forward. So how do you create velocity in your business when you don't have staff, when you don't have marketing budget, when you're starting up in your bedroom, in your pants with an Internet connection and a cheap laptop and not a lot else? Um, and that is you crowdsource uh, and create your version one product as fast as you can. So you go into communities online, you join all the social media platforms, you do um, trending and keyword tracking research, which are all free on Google or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You do some quick research, you join communities and, and start discussing uh, pains and products and solutions uh, in groups where there are a lot of people who would buy your kind of product or in the niche that you're in. Uh, and you quickly go and do some research and you create version one as quick as you can. Now, of course, if you're making an aeroplane or you're trying to create a, you know, a vaccine to get rid of a major disease, then you can't start now and get perfect later. You don't get in an aeroplane and do your takeoff checks and go, you know, I'll start now, get perfect later. I'll do the checks while I'm in the air. So there are certain business models and th things that have very specific IP or algorithms or your, your, your inventing where, of course, you have to spend a lot of time getting that thing perfect. But you can test the version one and the version two and the version three on a small user base uh, before you go uh, and launch uh, and create the sort of the perfect solution. And if you think about the Apple iPhone or if you think about the Dyson vacuum cleaner, you know, they're on version eight or nine now. So they actually never got perfect. They got safe. They got usable. They got disruptive, but they never got so perfect. And they just create a new version and a new version and a new version. And that, of course, gives you lifetime client value. You get to sell more things to more customers um, and you can iteratively improve, which means you can launch and actually make some money rather than just build things for years and never make any money. Uh, so that is that's what drives the velocity of your business forward. The three main things I think you should focus on to create that velocity, velocity which is speed and direction is product, customers, and sales. So your product or service, what is it? Make it good, as good as you can, but it won't be perfect. You know, create a compelling offer around it, create some collateral and some marketing and, you know, get it out there. Uh, then customers is followers, fans, leads, 
buyers, you know, so getting it seen and selling uh, and then selling is doing exactly what it says on the tin, getting people to exchange um, their money for your products and services. You know, not not spending ages and ages building your algorithm, actually getting out there and selling your IP, um, creating uh, versions of your product which probably aren't quite perfect, and, and sell them to a small user base first, and um, give them a discount to get to to get them to feedback and be like a crash test dummy of your product, so that you can create a better version too. Um, so the three things to focus on to give you velocity at the startup phase is product or service, um, you know, for customers, leads, and then revenue. Uh, all other things like a finance department, an HR department, design, website collateral, branding, exhibition stands, brochures, that all comes later. If you spend all your time on that, you won't bring in the money. Okay, keep overhead lean, ideally, because overhead slows you down. Um, because overhead obviously uh, puts a stress on your profit margin. And if you're not making profit, you can't A, pay yourself and B, reinvest into the company to grow the company. Now, uh, the two things that uh, will probably grow your company the most are resourcefulness and cash. So if you had in infinite amounts of cash to put in your business, of course, there'd be wastage, but you could just go and grow. Uh, and if you were resourceful and innovative and disruptive, you could also grow. So resourcefulness or cash, they're the two things that you've got to grow your business. Now, when you don't have cash, you have resourcefulness. And staying lean means you can be more resourceful. You have more assets because you're lean. So you can, you need, you only need a laptop and a phone. You don't need a massive shop front, a massive lease, a load of staff, a load of stockholding. You don't need all that anymore. Okay. Um, the slides say find through cash flow possible. That's a typo. It should be fund through cash flow. So I know there's a lot of talk out there about raising finance and seed capital and this round of finance and that round of finance. But I'm all up for, if you can, funding the business through cash flow, i.e. sell some stuff, reinvest to the to fund the overhead, sell some more stuff, reinvest to fund the overhead. Because if you do that, you're not giving away half your company. You're not beholden to a load of people. You're not creating debt and, and making your company laden and slow and inefficient. Um, so if you can fund through cash flow, which means sell stuff um, and then um, reinvest that back. Uh, OK, be dynamic, be prolific uh, and be agile. And that's the you know, when you're an, a mature business where you've got loads of stuff and loads of layers of management, you know, and loads of incoming inquiries. And it takes you days to get back to anyone and weeks or months to make any decision. And you've got board men, loads of board members and, you know. Um, only monthly or quarterly reviews of any decision that get put back and put back. Well, you're the opposite of dynamic, prolific and agile. Um, so when you are a startup, you have that to your advantage. You can make a decision and then go and implement that thing that day. You can be responsive. You can be um, agile is a great word because agile kind of sums up prolific and dynamic and being able to pivot quickly. And you, test launch doesn't work. Pivot, change the launch. Um, you can change the launch midway through the launch. Uh, and that's the great benefit you have at the startup phase. And that will go the bigger you get. All right, great. Now on to version one, so the fourth V. So the fourth V, vision, values, velocity, and version one of the startup phase. So version one is a, a nice balance between what you love to produce and what the market wants. Uh, and then version two will be fed back from the market what it wants more of and more of, and you'll improve uh, and what you want to create more of. So. Um, Make cash in a property market crash uh, on the one side in dark blue. And then there's property investing secrets on the other side in orange. Now, um, uh, property, property investing secrets, that is version five of that book. So that book is eight years old and we've um, updated it every sort of two years. That is version five of that book. Um, and it's got bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better and better. 
Now, we could only write what we knew when we started. And, of course, we learned a lot more along the journey and things changed. Um, so, yeah, something to think about. All right. So uh, with your version one product, you should start now and get perfect later. Um, you should get out there and you should get some business. If you're a coach, you should start getting some clients. Even if you just charge 50 quid an hour, uh, go and serve those clients, work out more of what they need, um, and then cr cr um, create and feed that back into a better product. And then you charge £100 an hour, then £150 an hour, then £200 an hour, then £500 an hour, then £1,000 an hour. And then you go from one to one to one to many. Uh, and, and so you just progressively get bigger, better, more profitable. Um, continually test. So one of the fears for people of getting things done is that they may fail. It may break. They may look um, vulnerable or stupid or um, they might get ridiculed in front of others or be attacked or, um, you know, whatever. Uh, and the, the great way to get rid of that fear is to always see an action as a test rather than a final or an absolute. So I know that every book I write, every podcast that I do, every course that I run, that is the current version, which will get better and better and better and better and better as I improve. So usually now, if I'm on the fence, I'll just say, ah, sod it, I'll try it. Now, you can always withdraw a product. You can always change um, or not sell any more of a product or service which is in high demand or, you know, you're struggling to keep, keep up with the service because you've sold it very well. Um, so just have an attitude of continual testing rather than things have to be perfect or finished um, because then you reduce the pressure on yourself, which means you are more dynamic and you have greater velocity. Um, and you sell more stuff. Now, I always think if 100% of what I would feel like if it was what it was worth. So I always price according to where I perceive it as valuable, where I think it could be. Um, now, of course, if you're making cars, you can't do that because you can't make an 80% finished car. Um, just have a little upgrade, a little boost, you know, obviously with um, the user interfaces and software, iOS 48,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
values, velocity, and version one. All right then. So let's have a look. My coffee's coming soon as well, which is just beautiful. All right. So what are you going to do to commit to um, moving forward in your business? Yes, it involves me teaching you the six modules, but it also involves you doing productive and proactive things in the next four weeks between each module so that you can just not be a passive listener, but an active entrepreneur. So I want you to commit to three things, non-negotiable. When you say these three things that you're going to do in the next four weeks, you're going to do them. It's done. You're not going to blame, complain, defend, justify, make excuses about it. Three things, they're somewhere between realistic and optimistic that you're going to commit to get done. Make them highest key result area or income generating tasks. Commit to them and get them done. Now, I have a special thread in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community, which is an accountability thread. So if you go to the Disruptive Entrepreneurs group, you may already be on it. Um, and then there is a six-month coaching accountability thread, um, which was, was for my last personal six-month coaching program and for this current six-month business coaching program for you to share your goals, um, to share your accountability actions, to have others see them, to feel the pain of failure publicly and to get accountable and step up. So in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community, if you go and request to join right now on Facebook, I will accept you in if you're not already a member um, or if you can't be bothered to type that whole um, entire URL, then simply just search Disruptive Entrepreneur on Facebook and you will find it uh, and I will let you in. And if there's anything uh, that you think someone could benefit from, you know, if they're a startup entrepreneur or they're lonely in their bedroom or, you know, they don't really know what to do because, you know, all startups other than from serial co-founders, we've never done what we're doing before because we're an entrepreneur and, you know, we haven't sold out and it's new and um, it's very rare, actually, that I have a day where I feel like I know everything because every day is a day I've never done before because um, before I was an entrepreneur, I wasn't an entrepreneur. So if you think anyone could really benefit from this, who are starting out from their bedroom or wherever, um, please do share the video with them or share the video on your um, on your timeline if you think anyone could benefit from this. You know, st the startup phase is chaotic. It can be lonely. It can be frustrating. You know, you don't plant a seed and go, where's my fucking tree the next day? Um, you know, but you know if you plant a, a seed, the bigger the tree, the bigger the roots will grow. And when you're a startup, you have to wait months sometimes for any decent amount of money and you really have to build the roots down. And that's frustrating because you start to wobble because you've got your overhead and your family and your mortgages and everyone going, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Entrepreneurs are crazy. We are crazy. We do this stuff to ourselves. There's no guarantees. No one's going to come and bail us out. You know, we don't, at the end of the month, we don't get a slip with, you know, what we paid. Um, but because of that, the upside is limitless. So I salute all you crazy entrepreneurs, but you do need help at the startup phase, definitely. So this maybe could help others. So please do share. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And this time next month, I'll be doing uh, the second of the six S's. Let me just get back and tell you what the six S's of building any business are, the six phases. So startup, sales, staffing and systems, survival, scaling, sustainability. So next month, I'm going to be doing sales. The lifeblood of any business is sales and marketing. Everything else is window dressing. Sales and marketing is putting the money in the banks. So session, hopefully. So uh, remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thanks for tuning in.